Are you ready to get informed and inspired? This is the Homeschool Hope Podcast, where you are introduced to the people and the products to equip you for your homeschooling journey. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, are just getting started, or haven't even started yet, this show will give you the hope in the future of home education. Hey everyone, this is episode 008 of the Homeschool Hope Podcast, and in just a moment you are going to hear an interview with Dr. Fred Librand. But before that, I want to take just a moment to explain our affiliate focus for today. The affiliate focus for today is the Liberty Classroom. I know that you're concerned about truth or you wouldn't be homeschooling. So where can you go to get the truth about history and economics and other similar subjects? It's the Liberty Classroom. In the Liberty Classroom, you will have access to 11 college-level courses taught by experts in their field. You can either watch the lectures or download them and listen to them on the go. Any one course is worth the less than $100 membership fee, but for, uh, for that $100, you have access to all the courses plus communication with the professors. My oldest son devoured the material in the Liberty Classroom, and he is better for it. So check it out. Click on the banner link on the right column of the webpage or click in the show notes under Affiliate Focus. Hey, everyone. I'm really excited today because I have with me Dr. Lebrand. Is that how you pronounce your name, Lebrand? Uh, in Alabama, they would say Librand. <laughs> Librand, okay. He is the father of five who have been married to Jody for over 31 years, and together he's homeschooled all of his kids from birth to college. And as a polymath, Dr. Librand has the diverse combination of formal studying law, speech communication, systems thinking, logistics, writing, theology, marketing, structural dynamics, leadership management, and human personality. I think uh, he's a master of all kinds of trades there. He's authored eight different books, number of articles. He's been a senior pastor of two different churches, and he's uh, the co-founder of TrimTab Solutions, an energy industry consulting firm. And uh, primarily the reason I have him on the course today is he's written a writing course for homeschoolers. It's a unique curriculum for developing young writers. He's also uh, developed some other products as well. Uh, one of those is the success habit, one success habit that is a uh, uh, for managers. And then uh, recently I think he has produced the college readiness course, which covers nine important skill sets for college success. So I'm sure he's going to explain a little bit about those. But, Fred, thanks for being on the show with us. It's great. I, you know, I listened to all that, Stephen, and uh, I, I think what people don't really understand is I have probably ADHD. I don't. <laughs> and in fact, I think I was, they re-diagnosed me this year with ADOS, which stands for Attention Deficit. Oh, squirrel. <laughs> but the uh-huh. truth is, I've, I've, uh, I have had a lot of uh, diverse experiences out there, but all of it has been to practice one thing. And the one thing I always practice is really solving problems. So I'm, I'm looking at something, I'm looking at all the elements, I'm looking at how it works, and then I'm looking for the one dial that I can turn that changes everything. So oh, that's great. So that's what, that's what I do. Right. Well, you know, that's what an entrepreneur is. I heard one time that an entrepreneur is somebody who solves problems for a profit. So that's a good thing. <laughs> Mother-in-laws usually say it's someone who's looking for a job. Yeah, well, that's true, too. <laughs> of course, somebody who just is uh, ambitious with not an entrepreneur background, they, they solve problems but without a profit. And there you some, go. Of us, some of us do that as well. That, those are hobbyists. But um, you do have a diverse background, and I appreciate that. I, I have a lot of different experiences, too, but I can't say I've really uh, done anything with excellence. Um, 
but uh, I've explained a little bit about who you are and some of the things that you have done and accomplished, but you want to go into a little bit more in depth on any of those things? Well, I, you know, I, I just um, – I, I would say more than anything, it's going to match our conversation on homeschooling, which is what, what basically happened uh, to me is I came up as more of a renaissance training. So that renaissance man that, that was the ideal where you – are really learning uh, a variety of disciplines. So mm-hmm. I, I, I majored in English literature and uh, fiction writing and communication at the University of Alabama. Uh, and then I went to law school for a year, found out they take your heart out that second year, so I left. <laughs> I, went, I went to Dallas Theological Seminary and uh, studied there. And all these pieces, and then I got into systems and structural dynamics and began studying more of the science math side about how things work. And so this background in theology and in Bible and in literature was all actually just teaching me how to teach myself things, mm-hmm. to learn how to learn. And so then I could learn uh, what whatever I, I was interested in. And what most of us have been, I think, tricked by our education to believe is that we could learn anything if someone would teach us. Mm-hmm. And, wh- and what happens when you when you start learning how to really read and comprehend and how to really try to think things through logically and see how things fit together, all of that begins to blossom or work or, or integrate into an ability to basically start figuring out topics and issues for yourself. You're not as dependent on other minds, you use them as someone to argue with, you know. So all my favorite people lived uh, 100, 150 years ago or more, you know, because they're the ones I have the best discussions with. Everybody nowadays, they seem to get grumpy. I don't know what it is, but the books don't argue with me the same way, you know. They don't attack me. (laughs) Well, you can certainly learn a lot from books, no doubt about that, and being able to have the skill to understand what's in the book and apply it uh, across different um, disciplines is an important skill. And would you agree with me, and this is getting a little off subject here, but would you agree with me that most of homeschooling is just teaching skills? See, I, I really I like that. I, I really have spent some time on this, and I've decided uh, – yeah, I have. I've decided that this is where mass education is dropping the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm a fan of all education. I'm not mad about public or private. I, mean, I helped start a private school in uh, West Texas. is doing great. I taught there for several years. But, you know, what, what's happened is they've gotten more to assuming that if you know stuff, like if you could score well on Jeopardy, you know, right. um, you, you're educated. And, and really, that's not the way it works. It's actually these skills that then empower you to learn whatever you need to. And in a way, law school actually – I made fun of lawyers, don't mean to, but the – I mean, Dad was a trial attorney himself. But the, 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 the law school is pretty good about taking you in three years and realizing they can't teach you all the law. There's no way, especially <laughs> states, very, et cetera. But, but they teach you how to think and then how to find what you need pretty much. Right. No, and, and, and then articulate it. So sure. that's they're doing that basic trivium, you know, the data and the logic and the rhetoric or communication side. So I would go with that. A guy named Alfred North Whitehead, a Brit uh, educator, famous mind uh, generation or so back, described education 
is the uh, acquisition of the art of utilization of knowledge or using knowledge. And I, and I think that's a really pretty good shot at it because if you think of it as an art, which is a skill, talent, you know, mastery, artisanship type thing, mm-hmm. and what you're trying to do is figure out how to acquire and make use of knowledge. Well, that's far more uh, targeted than I just know stuff. You know, right. and I think a lot of what we've gotten to in education these days is I just know stuff. And I think homeschoolers face this as a problem. They're all competing with the public schools. Why? I don't know. I'm trying to preach this <laughs> gospel of quit. You can't. They have bigger buildings and more teachers. Um, no way to keep up with that. But but they kind of buy into if my child doesn't know about history or sociology or something. Well, my, my children don't know. They don't know that much, let's say, about Texas history they know a bit but honestly you if they needed to and needed to know the the uh the uh, history of iowa in about two weeks any of my child could probably be in the upper one percent of people in iowa that know history right sure it just doesn't take that long if you need to know it once Mm -hmm. you know how to learn yeah that's right that's good that's good so So that's a long answer to say i completely agree with you that's okay. Uh, what what made you want to homeschool? You know, we I was thinking about this um, uh, when I was looking at, at some of the questions you might uh, toss my way, and um, I, I I have always said that one of the big reasons was that my son, my, our first son, um, had uh, has cerebral palsy mildly. Mm. And so there was a hesitation for us to let him get into a system and get labeled too quick. Right. You know, we, we didn't want him to have other people telling him what he could and could not do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yet I remembered uh, this week a long discussion I had with uh, some of the uh, laws and in-laws about us considering homeschooling before he had kids. So actually in my mind, Jody has a master's early childhood, so she had some measure of maybe I could do this. Mm-hmm. In her, and uh, and and I kind of really, from my educational experience, just felt with what I was seeing happening in the school system, and what was coming out. I, I remember uh, giving a talk at a private school in Midland, Texas, where I lived for some time. A uh, very nice private school, and I remember the teacher that toured, or maybe the principal that toured me around before I spoke at chapel. Um, she told me that the quality of the students of what they knew coming into the school, you know, when they come in, at, this was like seventh grade and up, yeah. was was dramatically less than it had been five years before and for sure 10 years before. Hmm. And, 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 you know, that kind of stuff started making me think maybe there's a little different way. And, of course, some of the friends we were around, we knew some of the pioneers in homeschooling. They were good friends. And so overall – I decided, or Jody and I decided that, you know, if we could figure this out and offer, honestly, for us, it wasn't religious and philosophical. All that's great and character and all that's great. But but it really had more to do with academically. We mm-hmm. felt like we could, if we could have a system where they were really engaged in teaching themselves, mm-hmm. that, that habit, that skill would serve them in college and beyond for the rest of forever, right? right so, absolutely. so, so that was kind of the the you know the driver. I mean, I, I probably if we peeled it back, it would be, well, I basically schooled them how I wish I'd been schooled. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. 
Yeah. yeah, that's good. Well, I'm sure it's not been without some challenges. Can you tell a story of maybe a challenge that you encountered in your homeschooling and that, how you overcame that challenge? You know, the the uh, I, I look back and I think one of the biggest challenges. Um, I think we had two challenges. One, we had some children, honestly, who um, got to stages where they wanted to not homeschool. Uh huh. And and uh, and of course, fortunately, I think for us, we weren't exactly running a democracy. So. <laughs> You know, and 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 we we you know we got through those by allowing them to taste a little bit of school and then thinking through their system and what was going on. And they finally realized that they were doing school from seven thirty in the morning to about twelve thirty, you know, one o'clock. Okay, right. So five ish hours, you know, depending on if they focused or not. And um, and when they did that. They, they realize, you know, we go for five, six hours to school, and then we're done. We can play, make videos, take music lessons, blah, blah, blah. No right. homework either. Exactly. And, you know, on balance, they looked at this and said, and I can go at my own pace. Right. And so they woke up through that. But I, I'd say the biggest challenge we had, Stephen, was getting Jody and myself on the exact same page with mm. what we we're trying to do. Because uh, I was in one ditch of, hey, just throw books at them. You know, I I was probably interested in unschooling before it was a term, you know. Uh-huh, right. Hey, throw books at them, throw stuff at them, asking questions, confuse vocation, had more of uh, needing a scope and sequence. Mm-hmm. So finding some compromise, you know, where we both could could feel good about it, it's a bit of a challenge. And and then it's a bit of a challenge because Jody, especially, I mean, she obviously did a lot of the homeschooling, uh, but I was really really involved and still am. But the um, Jody would uh, kind of slip in some other things into the system. So even though we might get a a, uh, a phonics system and follow the phonics system. Jody would slip other things she had in her old files, so extra it was extra. And unfortunately, that at the time I didn't quite understand what was going on. But when you throw new, you know, ratchets into the gear stuff, it, it fouls it up. It can be confusing because they're operating with different systems. And so sometimes when we amalgam things, we actually create two three-headed monsters, yeah, rather than a a well thought out kind of systematic strategy. So so we had to work through that to where we got like-minded and like acting. Yeah. Boy, that sounds uh, very similar to some of the challenges we've faced as well. I, I've been wanting to uh, – I'm sure you're familiar with the Arthur Robinson curriculum. And a few years back, I, I really turned over towards doing that. But um, we, we've faced some challenges between my wife and I on, on what to do with that and supplementing that and wanting to supplement it with some different things. And so I can relate to well, that. Exactly. Other listeners can as well. And that's what we did. We settled on Rob. When I read Robinson's material, I, I said, wow, this guy's 85% agrees with me, <laughs> <laughs> which is a measure of all great books, you know, if he agrees with me. Uh, and uh, and R and I have talked uh, before too. And then actually, uh, you know, he there there's some just some curious things about just his orientation that's just a little different than mine. But uh-huh. the but overall, I'd say educationally, 
I think what he's saying is smart and on target. Uh, I don't think math is the hardest thing to do. He does that first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. I think writing. I think writing is, uh, but that's another conversation. Yeah, or maybe we'll have later on. But but yeah, the what what Robinson curriculum out for us was a frame mm-hmm. on how to approach it, and then we could modify it, which is why I developed the writing system. Because Art's view of writing is have them write every day and give them feedback. Yeah, go over that again. You know, and so I uh, having having them write every day and give them feedback is fine, but I wanted to develop something that was a little more complete and sure. dealing with. Uh, the what's in their mind, their fears, their understanding of language, grammar, how they approach it. And so I developed a curriculum to kind of fold into the Robinson uh, curriculum, kind of like he does with Saxon math. But I I, uh, I feel your pain and uh, it can be solved. Let me say that. Yeah, exactly. Well, very good. Now, let's uh, go to the other end of the spectrum. Tell me of a success that you have had in your homeschooling, maybe with one of your children or just uh, being able to you know, have time together as a family or do something you wouldn't ordinarily be able to do because you were homeschooling or something like that that might be able to give those who are considering it some hope? Well, vacations were awesome because uh, I could take uh, some more extended time. I kind of worked hard all year, so I negotiated with the churches to let me take a little more time because we traveled so far um, Mm -hmm. to visit family. But, you know, we could go to on vacations during off season. And so what we could we could rent very nice places for half the price. Yeah, the exactly. Beach, you know? uh, so that was kind of cool, you know, and plus everybody else is in school. So we're not fooling with, you know, too many, <laughs> too many uh, Katy Perry, Madonna, you know, name your poison. Right. Lady Gaga, uh, folks, uh, you know, walking down the beach and trying sure, to. Sure create the challenges that come come with uh, 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 how love is in the air at the beach, you know. Exactly. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so the, fle- yeah. the flexibility to the schedule has been uh, an, certainly an advantage of homeschooling, no doubt. Oh, yeah, it's huge. And, and so it's allowed us to uh, kind of integrate our whole lives as a family in terms of how we do holidays, how we uh, can pitch in and, and serve, uh, how we can do school, you know, how we can flex some things around, sure. uh, how we can address current issues. You know, I can pause, you know, mm-hmm. in the, uh, if something major is going on, you know, we might stop. And uh, probably a good idea right now, actually, with Brooks is to stop and let's have a day or two of thinking through Islam. You know, the the yeah. Uh, yeah. radical bad side and the more uh, peaceful, decent side. What's really in there? Who, who you know, what's this game about? Because that's probably not going to go away as an issue in the next week or two. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so 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 that kind of flexibility was great. But I'll tell you, Stephen, honestly, for me, the the greatest um, payoff has been watching these kids get into college, mm-hmm. and and not just getting in, but once they're there. Because I I've decided a long time ago I realized and I haven't been able to articulate as easily, but you know I love my children. And loving my children means I want them to be happy, okay? Mm-hmm, sure. And uh, parents do this, moms especially, they want their kids to be happy. The, the problem is you've got to sort out when you want them to be happy. <laughs> you know, do you want them to be happy right now or do you want them to be happy as adults? Wow. Yeah, that's good. And so, yeah, so if you want them to be happy as adults – it can involve some occasional not-so-happy-right-now moments. Mm-hmm. 
And so holding on to that, that I'm trying to prepare, we're, you know, Jody and I would say this all the time, we're trying to raise happy adults. That's what we're trying to do. That's a good and, focus. Uh, and we don't necessarily see a correlation between happy kids and happy adults because you can spoil a child. You can just indulge, you know, yeah, sure, eat the whole half gallon of ice cream <laughs> and because uh, that's what the kid would vote for. And they're happy, you know, and then later they're miserable when weight and whatever else is going on. But the yeah. – uh, so, so in, in doing that, they get to college, and, and you get notes from, from your kids of thanks. You know, I remember one from my daughter. My daughter was the least academically um, – she's really smart. She's really sharp. She's really relational. She works for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals now mm. and uh, work with their nonprofit um, car- called Cardinal Care, where they do all this nonprofit cancer drives, all this great stuff, you know, school drug programs, et cetera. But um, she writes me from college, and she says, oh, I just want to thank you all for what you've done. Because here I am in college, and it's finals time, and I'm ready and happy and ready to take my finals. And all my friends are freaked out and panicked and don't know Mm -hmm. what they're doing. Because my kids learned, every our kids learned every day. They sat down, and they looked at their schoolwork. Mm -hmm. And they said to themselves, well, I don't feel like doing math. And then they would say to themselves, so what? Get started. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And, so they, and they learn so, the self-discipline necessary that so many other kids don't. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and, they, and they get it. They get that it doesn't last forever, and you just do your work, and it's a lot easier to just do your work. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing I, I left them for, for college. I said, look, do your homework. That's the whole key. Every day if you do your homework. Because usually, if the day, even if you don't want to skip class, once you've done it, you kind of want to show up, show off at least, or something. <laughs> and and so when they started doing the work, the outside of class work regularly, they all did great. That's mm-hmm. how it was. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, let's shift gears a little bit now. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is my my kids, uh, my two older. Well, I've got uh, one that's already out of the house, but then uh, my next two this year took your writing course, and I found it very, very helpful for them, particularly my, uh, my second one. He, um, he didn't like to write, and um, he, he's actually writing now joyfully, which is a good thing, <laughs> and that's a, that's, a, that's a success note on your writing course. So go ahead and, and uh, tell everybody a little bit about your writing course, why you wanted to start it, first of all, or, or you know, why, what made you decide to write it and create it. And then, um, you know, some of your goals, that kind of thing. First, let me just tell you, kudos to you and y'all and him especially. And, and it is really quite amazing. And I, I hear this all the time. Uh, they go from not writing to writing a sentence or two to a small novel, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. that dramatic. And, and this is with um, also with kids with um, uh, learning disability uh, challenges will often uh, move from not writing a sentence to writing paragraphs and pages. And, and the reason is, is I, I mean, the, the journey is really my journey because I wanted to write. Mm-hmm. and couldn't get myself to. I wanted to understand how grammar worked. The University of Alabama, of Alabama I majored in English literature, mm-hmm. and I looked for four years for a grammar course, <laughs> and I couldn't find one. Mm-hmm. The only grammar course was one the engineers took for like technical writing or something. <laughs> and I and I couldn't really make sense of all this stuff. And over time, as I was forced to learn, I've had to study Hebrew and Greek and 
Latin and Spanish and English and Texican. Okay, so I formally studied. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've studied four official languages. I mean, uh, six official languages there. But as I studied linguistics and started making sense of that, and then got some help with sorting out things in my brain, that's kind of what put the writing course together. Because one of the pieces of research I found out is we have Stephen a hundred years of testing on grammar and studying grammar and improving writing. And what we know is it in every single test over a hundred years, every bit of it, except one, and it can be explained because it was kind of tweaked. Every one of them, the more grammar you study, the worse you write. Mm. And the reason, yeah, and the reason, the reason is pretty obvious because, you know, you and I've been talking here but you're not thinking, and I'm not thinking, have I used too many – did I split an infinitive? <laughs> Am I using the subjunctive too much there? Oh, gosh, I'm overloading it with prepositions. I've got to back off those adjectives, you know? Yeah. So because it's, it's not how language works. We have an instinct for language. Mm-hmm. God hardwired us for language. And when you understand that and start freeing a child to appreciate – how that game works and gets them to to write in some stages, the ones we do, okay, get help and make it great, and then, you know, teach you how to do the feedback type stuff, uh, which almost any kind of feedback is a help. That's when we put all that together, I, I started tutoring in my home. I thought, well, golly, people tutor music. Why don't I tutor writing? And so I started tutoring, and suddenly I had two classes of 10 kids, and I'd teach them a principle and then have them practice writing and give them feedback. And then I'd do it again, and I'd do it again. And as I learned that, I then put together a little seminar and did that some and taped it and then worked it into a workbook and other things so that people, you know, even if you use a formal curriculum, more power, honestly, you ought to get the writing course too because it's going to explain how language works and the, quote, psychology in your head of why you get gummed up and stuck in your head and how to get over it. So right. that the end product is the ability to sit down and write what you need to write uh, when you need to write it. So you're not waiting for inspiration or something like that. And then I'll just tag this on. I'm sorry. The in, in time, I realized, gosh, they don't know how to write essays. So I put the essay course together. And um, uh, the, the most joyful thing from that has been my kids who obviously all, all these courses, I mean, this course they go through each year, right? So they've been through it five, six times essay course, at least three, probably before they graduate, but they get to college. And two of my kids, one at the university of Texas and one at Abilene Christian had their professors come to them in their freshman year and say, may I use your essay as an example to all my classes of what I want an essay to look like. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because I get the I game. imagine that their their essay portion of the SATs was a piece of cake too, huh? They did. Um, yeah, they all did um, uh, really well. I mean, the daughter, like I said, she didn't test as great, but uh, everybody else did. Yeah, it was just testing is not one of her uh, talents, and mm-hmm. I don't know the trick to that. And she did fine, and she did great in school, and she graduated college, and you know, life goes on. She's done great, but the others. I mean, my youngest son made a perfect SAT math score. And right, that's great, uh, you know, and his SAT was like twenty one fifty or something like that. <laughs> so, you know, he's and that's and he taught himself calculus and he taught himself all, you know, all this stuff, <laughs> the homeschooling model. But uh, all of them have uh, been done well in that SAT 
yeah, they know how it works. They know what the game is, and they'll have. And, and we, and we, I, I get them. One of the things I do, Stephen, is I, I, I work with them until they've written a perfect essay. So I keep doing it over and over, using my course, but just to get it to where there got a thesis, we got the breakdown, we got pieces, we got quotes. So they have one thing they've written that they know that's what a really good essay is going to look like. At least right. in my and, opinion, each yeah, professor is different. So. Yeah, that's really good. I, one of the things that I, I like about your program, there were, there were many, but one of the things I liked about your program, I, I wish that I would have had something when I was growing up. I, I hated grammar in, in high school when I took it. I remember accounting all the exceptions to the rules, and it used to drive me crazy because, you know, they'd state this rule, and then they'd spend the next three days talking about all the exceptions to the rule, and I'm like, why can't we just learn, <laughs> you know, how to write or whatever? And it was so frustrating. But what you do is you you really focus on their in, in the course on, does it sound good? Well, then it's probably good. Does it sound better? Well, then it's probably better, you know? And, and that's, that's really the way writing is. You can, you know, when there's good writing, when you're reading a good book and it sounds really good, it's good writing. Exactly. Yeah. We, we don't need much more than that. In fact, uh, one of the things I like to point out is that grammar teachers almost never win Nobel prizes in literature. Hmm. Technical writers never do mm -hmm. because, look, that kind of stuff is you do it grammatically correct. I, I remember one time I put uh, a section of the old man of the sea in one of the grammar check things online, <laughs> and Hemingway flunked. <laughs> I had 20 things to correct him, you know, about two pages or something like that. And, and that's the problem. This is language is living and you have this instinct for it. And mm -hmm. it's not if you believed in rules, really, why don't you talk like Shakespeare? Those were the rules. How did you get to change them? Well, because language is the most democratic thing we have on the earth. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. It's our usage that matters. And when someone is inventive and puts words together a little different way, you know, I don't know what made Tolkien write fool of a toque. You know, when he got mad at Mary or Pippin or whoever it was. But that becomes a pretty powerful line in the movie and elsewhere. Just, I don't know. But it sounded right for the moment, for the character, for the situation, for Gandalf to get on to him, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. That, that's good. So what, what are you hoping that um, that students will come away with when they take your course? Well, what they're going to come away with if, if they if they work with it, I mean, you go through the course and then you start writing every day. Mm -hmm. What happens is if you can put together the, the, the way I teach them to do it is your writing. It turns out almost poetic or prosaic because the goal in the writing course is to teach people how to write so that when the when a person reads it aloud, it sounds right, and they read it correctly. Mm -hmm. So I kind of teach you this intuitive way to look at punctuation. So a comma means a pause, for example. Mm -hmm. And and so when I'm looking at, at a child's, um, uh, well, one of my kids' writing, and I, I read it, if they if they need a comma in there, I don't read it like there's a pause. I read it too fast, you know. Mm -hmm. I read the whole thing through, and they go, oh, no, a, a comma goes there. And they're right. It does right. go there. Yeah. Based on how they want someone else to read it. So, so what's going to happen is you're going to get out of all the head junk. You're not going to, I'm going to, the writing course gets you over worrying about is it good enough and does it sound right and is it perfect and da 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 da. And it gets you 
into a place of understanding that you're playing with the sound of these words. And, w- and once you do that, it's a connection to speaking. I don't think we should write like we speak, and I don't think we should speak like we write. But speaking, as I say in the course, is a good way to start. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's this pro – I mean you can do things with writing that are a little different. But but uh, it's it's this prosaic thing where you're starting to really – learn to taste language, if I could say it that way, synesthesia here, you know, but but tasting language that way and understanding that game and getting the head junk out of your head, you know, getting it out of there where you're worried about everything is what then frees you to discover your own voice and to be able to write lots of words and to be able to put it together in a way that makes sense. Right. So that's that's what I hope they get out of it. That's good. And there's also, um, you know, it made me think, and I, I, you'll have to forgive me, but I, I've forgotten what, what they are. But you have, uh, I don't know if there, are they tips or secrets? I think they're secrets or something to good writing or something like that that you have tips. But one of them, if I remember right, is the, the tension and, and resolution idea. And, uh, boy, that, that is huge in every good writing. It's, it's, it's huge in every kind of, um, entertaining show. And, um, it's something that every writer should be able to do. And yet most don't. And you cover cover aspects like that as well. Right. For your listener there, there, there's writings, 12 secrets and, and secret 11 is the greatest key to effective writing. We make a distinction between correct and effective, you know, correct Mm -hmm. is, it sounds right. Effective is they're glad they read it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the key to effective writing is tension seeks resolution or tension seeks relief. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and that's what you're doing. You're you're creating a who done it, you know, or everything is that way that there's a tension and it's like a like I say in the course, and then when it's resolved you go, ah and and you can watch this and everything like it's a wonderful life. It's kind of mm-hmm. interesting because everything that's set up that is a problem gets resolved by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, George wants to leave town. It's resolved by him wanting to stay in town. Uh, the, the one I like the most is uh, the obvious one is uh, the teacher sends Zuzu home. Zuzu catches a cold in the draft. George is mad. Uh, he balls out the teacher. The teacher's husband hits him in the bar. I don't know if you know the whole story, but you get, you know, most people do. And, right. uh, and at the end of the movie, it says, even there, it says, Zuzu says, look, daddy, and a bell's ringing. Teacher says, when, an an- when a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. So now we got the angel getting his wings, which is uh, attention, Willie, and yes, he does. And now dad agrees with the teacher and shows respect to what she taught the daughter. Mm-hmm. It all gets resolved, and that's how you set it up. You set up where's it going, uh, what's the problem, what's the challenge, and then by the time you finish it, there's the solution. Right, and exactly. So it, yeah, it engages people that way, and if you don't do that, if they can guess where you're going, uh, they won't go there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that, that kind of – T- tips like that not only are good for writing, but they're good for people who want to produce videos. They're good for people who want to be in you know, television, people who want to be speakers, preachers. I mean, uh, that uh, tension resolution is, is uh, in every good communication. Exactly. And, uh, it's, in, it's in sales. It's yep. in humor. It's in, uh, it's in romance. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's in everything. Yeah. So anyway, that that's the kind of thing that you can get in your writing course. Um, anything else you want to mention about your writing course before you go in and talk a little bit about some of the other stuff you've got going on? 
Uh, no, it's it. You know, we've developed a little more. There's some little sub courses, bonus courses in it that I, I have a whole new little process in there about how to come up with ideas where I kind of walk through some real life examples of what to write about. So this is a problem uh -huh. with kids. What do I write about? And so I have yeah. a little 30 minute uh, video training on how to teach a kid to come up with ideas, that kind of thing. So Interesting. it's uh, it's expanded and it's kind of fun. If you hadn't seen that, you might want to go to the site and check those bonus courses out because one's about how to get kids to quit doodling and start writing. So uh -huh. it's some sub courses inside the the major course, but um, okay. it's uh, we're you know quite encouraged and and honored that uh, we're you know we're seeing uh, people around the world uh, have kids that go from not writing to writing. I, I I wish I could get every child on the planet to go through this, even if they've been through grammar. I'm not mad about grammar. It's great for analysis. You know, study grammar and when you study the Bible, because analyzing those things is helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. So I'm I'm not mad about it, but I'm just saying it doesn't help you become a writer mm -hmm. yeah so, i mean the yeah, base the basic stuff you learn by speaking and then you can make that into good into good writing exactly if they want to find that Stephen, uh they can they can google libran and writing that'll do it uh, okay l-y-b-r-a-n-d or it's at advancedwritingresources.com but with hyphens so www.advanced-writing-resources dot com okay i will uh, put a show yeah. i'll put uh, a link in the show notes so they can go right from this um this page to the uh to to all your stuff there and we'll we'll cover cool. all the ways to get in contact with you in just a second but uh tell a little bit about your uh just since i have you on here the one success habit and then the college readiness course that you have available yeah the, the one success habit is a two it's a two-part series now though there was the one success habit you can't do without and the other is the one Success Habit for Managers. The Manager's Book is all about, it's the newest one, it just came out uh, a couple months ago, and it's all about communication, effective communication. In fact, it, it draws heavily on, on um, the Tower of Babel and how God cursed language to interfere with productivity and why communication issues are always the management issues. And by the way, a mom manages a home, so it's not like that wouldn't right, count sure. there. Yeah. yeah. The, the other the other one, the one success habit is about time management and the nature of how we approach time more systematically than what we most of us are taught tactics and tricks and we don't have an overall approach to it. And, and one of the big problems that I address in the book is that actually to do lists work against good time management unless you're the rare bird that treats a to do list not like a to do list. Because what happens is it begins to be a place you gather all your information, and then it gets too long to look at, you know, uh, <laughs> all the ideas. <laughs> and so what, what I do is train people on how to develop a will-do list and the way to go through to sort out whether you really will do something or not. And once you admit you will or will not, you're freed up. Because if you admit you're not going to do it, you don't waste energy. And if you know you will do it, you'll get onto the task. And so that whole book is a way of understanding time and what we're trying to do with it in, in just a much easier, uh, more productive uh, way, at least, you know, that I've been able to find and uncover. And, and it does address things in a different way. By the way, if you do to-do lists and don't complete them every day, well, guess what? You're just teaching yourself the to-do list doesn't matter. So, yeah. so what I do is train people on how to get done every day what you mean to get done. 
and to take it on as a way of understanding how to get a habit in your life that you get done what you mean to get done and not mm. all these grandiose, crazy things we tend to do. Well, that's really interesting. I may have to pick that up. I've got uh, to-do lists three miles long. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, change that to a may-do list, all right? Yeah, there, there you go. Now, actually, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've come to realize that my, my to-do lists really are um, hope lists. They're like, if I had all the time in the world, what would I like to get done? And, you know, then I have to go down and prioritize and really figure out exactly what I'm going to do. So exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, you're, on, you're on your way. Yeah. And, and what about the, uh, the course for uh, college readiness? Yeah, what this is turning out, we just started it. And um, uh, I, over the course of this year, I'm actually going to put out nine full courses. Mm. And um, uh, I've really I've worked on all this material, but I wanted to get a core of people that I can interact with. So in the Q&A section, it's real live. You've learned it and you um, are interacting with good questions. So it gets practical. But well, what I've found over time and thinking it through and watching my kids and with the people I've <clears throat> worked with down through the years, there are these nine areas that if you don't get competent in all nine of these, you're not going to do well in college, maybe not in life. <laughs> and and, and I'll, I'll tell, tell them to you real quick. Procrastination and time management. Right. If, you're, if you don't learn how to master that enough, I don't mean master. I mean just get competent. Mm -hmm. uh, college will kill you. Sure. Uh, reading comprehension. Uh, reading is one thing, but understanding what you read is another. And there are ways – I know ways to go about actually understanding something without reading it. And when you understand it without reading it and then turn around and read it, you really understand it. Um, effective writing. So the writing course is part of this. When people get into this college ready collection, they get the writing course as part of it. Uh, problem solving. Engineers especially, but really all kids, if they don't figure out how to solve problems, how to approach them to solve them, uh, they're going to get in all kinds of trouble. Uh, how to remember everything. One of the things in my past was I taught uh, – memory course at uh, University of Alabama, just on the side to, you know, make money to put myself through. And mm -hmm. so I've worked all these years on how to do memory, and some of it's mnemonics type stuff. It's really there's some more natural processes we figured out over time that help people recall information with much greater ease and facility than the mm -hmm. way they do it. If you can't remember stuff, good luck on a test, right? Exactly. Yeah, right. The, the next one's how to focus. There's a particular discovery being – ADHD, you know, ADOS, like I said earlier, that I've had to learn how focus works, and it's really different than what most people think. And so there's a, a – if you don't learn how to focus, imagine how you're going to do in school. The last three are communication relationship success. So I have a book on, on this out there as well, and uh, that's something we worked on, how you communicate, but how it relates to relationships. You know, one crummy relationship can – to view in college, at least for a semester, maybe the whole way through. I mean, we know this over and over. Yeah. Uh, next last is how to run your emotions. You know, the, one of the things our kids had to learn is they had to learn how to run their mind, learn to run their emotions so they weren't a victim, so they weren't sure. following their emotions around, right? Right. Responding to everything. Yeah, and there are ways to do this, and some of them are simpler and some of them are tougher, but, uh, you know, I've learned ways to turn a dial on that so you can change you know, not be haunted and controlled by what's going on in you emotionally. And then right. the last one is, is goal setting. 
You know, you don't learn how to really set a goal and set up a game plan and keep yourself on it. Uh, good luck with college. Right. Well, those are so great. That's going to be that's going to be nine entire courses. And uh-huh. we add in there a parenting schooling mastermind group where we get online and I kind of lead a conversation. We help teach each other do this, you know, mm-hmm. Socratic dynamic where we all benefit and learn a little more clearly in a way what you and I are doing. You know, there's mm-hmm. little connections we're making as we talk, sure. uh, the, the little insights. So that's always uh, a helpful thing. But this is going to be the focus for the year to produce all nine of these. They obviously can be bought separately, but when they're in a collection, I'm, I'm you know, it's just a, a much uh, more integrated whole of things that are some academic, but some softer skills that kids have got to learn. And if they don't learn them, I'm going to tell you, good. If you get through college successfully, you it's going to be luck. It's not right. going to be because you uh, <laughs> you it be because you could make it happen. Yeah, well, that, that's really good. Are are you going to be releasing them individually um, as you produce them, or are you going to wait till yes. they're all together individually? Okay. I know I'm gonna I'm I'm going to do just what you said. So mm-hmm. you can buy them the whole collection or and be a part of the whole process live, or mm-hmm. as they're each produced, they won't be live. There'll be a course, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they can be purchased separately. Did I lose you? But what's one resource that you think uh, has been indispensable for your own homeschooling? Hey, Stephen, you cut out just for a second. Would you repeat that, please? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, what would you say is one resource that you would say is indispensable for your own homeschooling that you've used uh, time and time again or you would recommend to others? You know, there, there are so many things that, that we've, um, we've appreciated uh, out there. Um, resource-wise, I would say probably the most powerful thing that um, – uh, we were able to make use of is I, is I learned and studied systems thinking and the way to think okay. about systems. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that has worked better for making things work. I mean, honestly, Jody and I don't spend, haven't for years, more than 30 minutes a day with all five kids hmm. on the school part. We spend time. Right, with sure. Them. But, yeah. but, you know, we're, we're doing, we're just keeping the game going. And, um, I, you know, I don't know exactly of a home, practical homeschooling uh, uh, book. There's one called Work the System that's a business, kind of a practical business version by a guy named Sam Carpenter that I like. There's mm-hmm. more complex stuff from MIT. But anything that looks at things as a system, and we have stuff out there. Jody and I have like two hours of video on how we homeschool, and we talk about some of this. Mm-hmm. But but if you can if you can look at things from how do all the pieces work to produce a result, so so that the goal actually our goal was not um, to produce uh, good students exactly our goal was to develop a system that produced good students. Oh, that's so good. Students, yeah, yeah. So we're measuring how the students are doing, but the goal is the system. And mm-hmm. so any of those resources, the fit that you know people like complexity. The fifth discipline is really good. MIT stuff is is uh, pretty fine. There's anything on systems thinking, system dynamics. Uh, the works of Robert Fritz, one of my mentors who did the tension resolution stuff called The Path of Least Resistance. I'd mm-hmm. say those books are both 
uh, very helpful in this regard, The Path of Least Resistance by Robert Fritz and okay. Work the System by Sam Carpenter. They're not homeschool proper. They're mm -hmm. about how to think about designing anything. And so that's uh, I'd say that's been as helpful because we weren't, Stephen, trying to just always uh, pull off the shelf or follow the shelf or pop, follow the mob or you know, sure. find that exact thing. We're really trying to measure what's going on with the kids and how do we improve that system. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Well, what's one thing that you're really excited about right now? Is it your new uh, new launch of this um, this uh, uh, nine part program that you're developing, or or is something else you're really excited about in your home or about the You know, future? I'm very I'm very excited about uh, this college ready collection. Uh, mm -hmm. That's it's going to be fun. Uh, I also am very excited about uh, the next book I'm working on, which is called The Church Is Not Broken. Hmm. I'm going to try to explain to people why all the literature and statistics and all this stuff out here is a good bit fouled up on how to think about your church. Um, it's not supposed to work. You can't get there. And so what you can yeah. do is figure out how to be faithful, whether it's a home church or a medium church or big church, you know, whatever we're talking about. So uh, I don't know. I will see uh, what I do with that. But it's uh, everybody I walk through this idea, uh, especially staff people on churches, mm -hmm. church staffs, they suddenly relax and start enjoying ministry and their experience with other believers again. So, oh, that's interesting. you know, my orientation as a, as a Christian, that's a, that's a big deal for me. So that's a side thing that's kind of exciting. And I've got two weddings this year. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so you're, yeah, yeah so I'm, yeah, there, there's all my excitement. So you, so you've got to apply all your time management uh, expertise there to yourself, don't you? And howdy. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to a uh, homeschooling family? And let's particularly focus on on one that is um, is feeling overwhelmed, maybe, and uh, they you know they've got into the homeschooling because they they think they know it's the right thing to do, and they've got a couple kids going in it, but they're they're just overwhelmed with um, with all the pressure and all the activities that are taking place and all the curriculum options and everything else. What what kind of advice would you give them? My advice to them would be, uh, this may sound crazy, but if they'll get alone and make some chai tea and get a pen and paper and try to think about it, they'll they'll see why this is valuable, okay? Mm -hmm. But what, what you want to do if you're overwhelmed in your home and the parenting, I mean, not just parenting, but the kids, the homeschooling stuff especially, right? Mm -hmm. Right. You want to quit trying to... Uh, create balance. Balance is the enemy of progress. Hmm. So, so we're going to balance recreation. We're going to balance field trip. We're going to balance math. We're going to, you know, we got to have all these things. People do this with goals too. A balanced life. Here's the problem: when you do that and you make all these things kind of equally important, you bounce between them. You do math. It's like spinning plates. You do math a little bit, and then suddenly literature is calling out to you. You go do that, and then history is hollering at you. Do that, and then what do we do for some social studies issue? Here's what you want to do. Pick one thing and get it working. And when it's really working, then go pick another thing and get it working. Mm. And then when it's working, pick another thing, and you're going to find energy will come back into your – I mean, this is like systems. You know, look, 
fix one little system first. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, if I go into a business, the first thing I do is I just make them, could we just get the way we greet people when they walk in the building to work? Mm -hmm. Let's get a script. Let's get a way we answer the phone and let's train people. And so we don't think about that anymore. I know that's dinky, but you only get one chance to make a first good impression, right? Mm -hmm. so, sure. so in a home school, you know, if 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 you if you if you got all these areas, and this is the simplicity of Robinson. You know, we were pretty much right. doing reading and writing and math. That's pretty mm -hmm. much what we care about. Um, and and those things uh, <clears throat> really get you there skill wise. But you want to get a system in place. This is the nice thing about the writing course. It is one. You know, so mm -hmm. you can plug it in and it adapts to you. It's not a painful thing it's a way to think and approach it but get one area down and in all honesty it may just be clutter in your home school you mm -hmm. know you may want to first just say we're going to come up with a system where this is not cluttered which means by friday at five o'clock if that room is not cleaned up then it's going to be you're not doing anything for the weekend until it's clean. I'm making up something. Yeah, sure. yeah sure. Getting the clutter out of it, just getting the clutter thing solved will release energy into the system. And so or let, let it get targeted. So what I'd say is you look at all your areas and you pick which one is going to be the most important that all the others can kind of serve and focus on while we're m making that one thing. Uh, the priority. I can't tell you anything that would get you out of overwhelm faster than to just mm -hmm. simply find one area that you're going to conquer and solve. Not not make feel better, but actually make work. Right? Yeah. Uh, that's good advice. Absolutely. So what is the best way, if someone wants to find out more about you, find out more about all that you have to offer, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Uh you can Google my name, Fred Librand or Fred Ray Librand in true Southern tradition. Um, and I'm the only one out there, you know, Fred Ray Librand on the planet, apparently. So, I mean, dad passed a few years ago, so they left that to me. But the uh, uh, FredRayLibrand.com kind of is my governing site, you know, so they can connect there. The writing course, Librand writing course is a good way to do it. Uh, I'm on Facebook. There's actually a, a writing uh, group, a uh, Librand writing course group that, um, uh, <clears throat> you know, discusses writing. We have people uh, that you don't have to have the writing course to, to be in it. Uh, so any of those things are Facebook is a good connection. I, use, I I'm on it a good bit. And then uh, online, Fred Ray Librand, Librand, L-Y. And then brand like, you know, brand X, L-Y-B-R-A-N-D. And uh, I think it's pretty easy to find us that way. All right. Very good. Well, I will uh, certainly put all that information on the show notes and uh, people can uh, head over to all that stuff from here or they can um, just go directly to Google and, and just, as you said, uh, look up all that information. I really appreciate you being with me and uh, with the audience here and uh continue to do all the things that you're doing this next year and, and produce all the stuff that you're producing. And uh, I wish the best for you. Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate the work you're doing. Keep it up and, you know, keep, uh, keep those kids writing. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For more information about Dr. LeBrand or all the rest of the resources available and other episodes of the Homeschool Hope podcast, go to www homeschoolhope.com.
com, and there you will find all kinds of resources available. Also, if you know of somebody who would be a great guest for the Homeschool Hope podcast, if you will contact me through the contact page on the web webpage, I'll be able to get in touch with them if they would be a good candidate, meaning that they have a, a resource that would be an encouragement to the homeschool community, or if they've got a great story to tell of success or a challenge that they overcame, uh, something that their family was able to do because of homeschooling that would be able to give encouragement to the homeschool community, contact me again through the contact page on the webpage.